Welcome to Sparks, mini-segments intended to spark your thinking and ignite your practice. These short episodes are based on my written reflections, which you can find on the Teachers on Fire magazine at medium.com. Today's post is called 12 Google Classroom Strategies to Start Using Today. It was the fall of 2015. I was two months into a new teaching assignment when I received a tantalizing one-liner from my principal. Are you familiar with Google Classroom? Paul. (laughs) That email sparked some serious curiosity and experimentation, and I've been a fan and booster for Google Classroom virtually ever since. The platform has evolved significantly over the last five years. It's still not a luxury suite or application by any stretch. It's better to think of it as a shell that fits over and heavily utilizes Google Drive. Still, it's efficient and practical, and at its price point, zero, it's an excellent option for schools looking for a learning management system. It's a platform that continues to gain popularity as more and more schools across America move to one-to-one practices, Chromebooks, and life in the G Suite. It's for those educators that I want to share some of the tips and tricks that I rely on to get the most out of this platform. 12 Google Classroom strategies to start using today. First, the big one. Number one, hide and save, don't delete packaged and posted assignments that you didn't get to during class time. Currently, Google Classroom doesn't allow teachers to hide already posted assignments. This actually makes a certain amount of sense on the Google side of things when you think of all the ways that a single assignment posted in Classroom embeds itself across Google Drive, Calendar, and the ecosystem. But it can be a painful problem for teachers. Take this scenario. Let's say I posted an amazing short story activity the night before my English class. The text is attached in PDF. Two handpicked video clips are also included, as is a collaborative reflection activity attached as a Google Doc. A supplementary resource in Google Slides introduces students to relevant literary devices. And I've posted a selected learning target and added instructions in the assignment description. That all took at least five minutes, probably more, to put together all those resources and post them as an assigned activity. But then the day happens, and a fire drill happens, or we get caught up in other work and we don't get to the planned activity. Something else gets in the way and we never get a chance to start into it. So I'm left with a tough decision. Do I delete the post and create it again before our next class? Or do I leave the post up, simply change the due date, and accept the fact that some students may read the story, watch the clips, explore the Google Slides, and basically consume the entire activity before the next class? There is a workaround for this problem. What I've done is to create a dummy classroom called Staging Area. Anytime I find myself in a situation like the one I just described, I use the repost command to copy the entire assignment into my Staging Area classroom. Then I delete it from the actual classroom where it will eventually live. That way, none of my preparation is wasted and I'm not repeating the whole posting process the next day. My delightful short story activity is saved, no spoilers. Before the next class, I simply repost the assignment from staging area back into the correct classroom and we're back on track. Number two, enable real-time feedback for presentations. Do yourself and your learners a big favor by copying and pasting evaluation templates into every private comment in advance of presentations. 
include spaces for overall evaluation, success criteria, star and wish emojis, etc. with spaces for feedback for every student in your class. With all of this put into place before students present, I can give my students accurate and informative feedback in real time while and immediately after they present. It means I'm not evaluating their presentations after school, and it also means they're not waiting for feedback. Number three, use emojis to code learning activities. Begin every unit title and assignment name with a themed emoji and give completed units and assignments a checkmark emoji to show at a glance that they're behind us. It's just a great way to make the Google Classroom classwork feed immediately and visually accessible. Shout out to the Shooks and GIF podcast for that great tip. Number four, include learning targets in every posted activity or assignment. Now this isn't as much a case of convenience as it is just great pedagogy. It'll send you back to the unit plan or the curricular standards often, keeping you grounded in your work and in your lessons. And it'll always be present to remind students what the goal of each learning activity is. It answers the question, why are we doing this? Number five, get a quick sense of your students' progress. I often post self-assessments in Google Classroom, particularly in math units. They are a simple but powerful way to collect data on my students' learning and progress, which informs my next moves. By posting a multiple choice question right in Classroom, I get these results instantly. Click on any bar in the bar graph and I see which student selected which level of proficiency. So for example, recently I posted a self-check for a math learning target. It reads, I can describe the Pythagorean relationship. And there were four choices that students could select in terms of proficiency. They could select emerging, I'm not yet meeting this learning target. Developing, I'm partially meeting this learning target, but sometimes I get confused. Proficient, I'm confident that I've met this learning target. And extending, I've thoroughly mastered this learning target and could teach it to others. But as I said, it's a great feedback tool for me as a teacher and it informs my next steps and it lets me know who is struggling, who needs a little more support. Number six, share homeroom classrooms with all teachers who teach the same grade level courses that you do. This makes it quick and easy for teachers to keep tabs on where their peers are in the curriculum and unit plans and see what they've been doing lately in their classrooms. It's also an easy way to share resources. If I drop into my colleague Chelsea's classroom and I like how she set up a learning activity, I can simply use the repost command to drop it straight into my own classroom. Number seven, share homeroom classrooms with all specialist teachers. Allow your language teachers, art teachers, and band teachers to drop announcements and resources into your classroom. Yes, your band teacher might have his or her own Google Classroom set up for your homeroom students, but in case they don't, having access to your classroom makes a great alternative. Number eight, post once to multiple classrooms. If you're a specialist teacher, take advantage of this feature. You do not need to post assignments separately in each classroom post to all of the relevant classrooms at once. This hack came in handy for me last week when I was distributing a survey for the yearbook. That's right, I'm supporting the yearbook team at my middle school. 
and we sent out a survey to all of our eighth grade students and I was able to post it instantly into four different classes using this post to multiple classrooms option. Number nine, adjust Google Classroom notifications to silence emails and notifications from classrooms that do not belong to you. After sharing the previous two tactics about sharing Google Classrooms, this strategy becomes even more important. You have to turn off notifications from classrooms that you don't actually teach. That's right, sometimes you may want to be in a classroom as a teacher so that you can access it, you can visit it, you can see what's going on, but you may not want notifications from it. Meaning you don't want those notices that students have turned in work, that they are asking questions, that they are resubmitting and so forth. You will be overwhelmed by emails. So you need to go into your Google Classroom settings, go to the very bottom and click again. It's sort of tucked away in a special layer of settings. And there you will see the class notifications and you'll be able to turn off or on each class as appropriate. In my building, some teachers and EAs have access to over 10 classrooms. That makes for an awful lot of notifications if you don't turn that off. With that said, you want to respond to private comments when you can. Some really good communication can happen there for some students and you want to let them know you are available. Number 10, structure weekly times for your homeroom students to review email inboxes and organize classroom assignments. For most middle schoolers and high school students, email is boring. My eighth grade stepson would say, ew, they're not interested. But Classroom facilitates valuable teacher-student dialogue through email and the private comment system. I can post feedback in private comments in Classroom that shows up for students in the form of an email. I can email selected students to remind them to submit an assignment, post announcements about upcoming events, or post self-assessment check-ins to monitor learning. Most or all of those communications run on email, so it's important that students check their inbox at least once a week. They will not do it by themselves, at least some will not, and we can't expect them to. We need to set aside 15 minutes or more each week to make sure this life skill is happening. Some will say that email won't be around forever, and perhaps they're right, but it's been working well for the last 25 years, and it's not going anywhere soon. Make sure your students learn how to optimize their inbox. Number 11, create a school-wide Google Classroom. This allows school-wide surveys, discussions, hot lunch order form submissions, student submissions of pictures for the yearbook, distribution of announcements, and so many more. Now, full disclosure here, I am not using this at the moment at my school, partly in an attempt to slow the flow of ideas I push on my colleagues and administrators in a new teaching community, but I've set this up at a previous school and it works wonders. Number 12, for administrators, create a Google Classroom for teachers on staff with administrators as teachers and teachers as students. This is a great way to minimize email traffic, conduct staff surveys quickly and efficiently, post assignments like professional growth plans and allow students, meaning the teachers, to submit when finished or post reporting resources and open up comments so that teachers can treat posts as discussion boards. Again, Classroom makes for a great private environment for staff and teachers and administrators to do their work together. Google Classroom, it's not a mind-blowing utility, but it works. Follow these strategies to get the most out of Google Classroom. 
maximize your time and energy, and better support your learners. Well, I'm sure after hearing the 12 strategies I shared today, some of you listening are thinking, you missed some really big ones, Tim. And if that's the case, would you let me know? Tell me what I am missing out on, what I need to start trying on my own. Drop me a tweet on Twitter, a comment on Instagram, or a comment on the blog at medium.com. And I would so appreciate it. Again, this has been a Spark episode of Teachers on Fire. My name is Tim Cavey. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.